0: Jesus real. There's power in your name, my hope. We trust in your ways. We need real. And Jesus is
1: real. Deuteronomy 6:5. What I like to call living upward. If you think about this, it's love the Lord your God. Now, that's important because it's meant to be personalized. Is the Lord your God? See, it doesn't say love the Lord, the God, but it has to be personal. And God wants you to have a personal relationship
0: with Him. Would you say that your relationship with God is personal? Is He, in fact, your God? Maybe you don't even know what it means to have a personal relationship with God. After all, he's invisible. Last you checked, he hadn't spoken to you out loud. (laughs) Maybe your relationship feels a little one-sided. This is the message for you. In today's message, Pastor Daniel will share what it means to have a personal relationship with your God. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter 22 with his continuing study called The Big Idea.
1: It's important to realize that love in the Bible is not the way that we talk about love today. Love is a commonly used word. How many of you guys have heard that Eskimos have all these different words for snow? You guys have heard that? Because there's all these different types of snow, right? But for us, we just have snow. But for an Eskimo, because they live in snow... They have all these different words. Now, in the same way, the Greek language has all these different words for love, but we just have the word love. Now, I have a tendency to love lots of things. Like, I love to eat. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. You do too, right? I love football. Amen. Amen. And I can't wait for the New York Giants to win the Super Bowl. Yeah! (laughs) Sorry, I just, I was hopeful. There you go. I love to be a part of the Crossroads family. You know, I love that we get to live in this community together. But the thing is, if I love food the way I love my wife, I got a big problem. Why? Because when you love food or when you love sports, you love it for what it gives you what you get out of it. And my friends, that's not the love that the Bible's talking about. See, most of the things our culture and our world loves are things that I get what I want from it, but the love that the art of living is all about, the love that's the point, is a love that gives so that others may have life, not ones that receives. This is why life can be so unfulfilling for us because all of our love relationships are what I want from it and I stop loving when I don't get what I want from it. When what Jesus is inviting us into is a life that says real love sacrifices. And that's why it says in 1 Corinthians thirteen, thirteen, and now abide, faith, hope, and love, these three, and the greatest of these is what? Is love. How are you doing cultivating a life of love that is giving, not just receiving? See, to me, you can't talk about this system for living without realizing it's all about a self-sacrificial love. And that is what Jesus did for us on the cross. He loves so relentlessly and so passionately and so personally that he gave of his own life for us. And that is the point of life. But the problem is, is we live in a day and age where all love is, I want what I want. And it's got it completely backwards. So this system that Jesus has for us, this most important thing, if we just take one thing away, we need to realize that the art of living is loving. Now, from there, what we learn is that all of us are living in three directions. Now, first, what we learn is that we want to live upward, and that's loving God. So I'm applying a direction to this system of living that we are supposed to love God first and foremost. I call this living upward. That's why the book's called Upward, Inward, and Outward. The series is Upward, Inward, and Outward, because all of us are living in three directions. And because the art of living is loving, we want to live upward... By loving God. Isn't that what Jesus said? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And in Mark's gospel, it also includes, and with all your strength. Now, this is a direct quote from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. So this is Deuteronomy 6.5. Out of all 613 commandments, the first and the foremost is Deuteronomy 6.5, What I like to call living upward. If you think about this, it's love the Lord, your God. Now that's important because it's meant to be personalized. Is the Lord, your God? See, it doesn't say love the Lord, the God, but it has to be personal. And God wants you to have a personal relationship with him. Now, what's important, of course, is that we love God because God first loved us. And so we need to let it be personal. And I realize that for some of you right now, your relationship with God, he's not your God. You're like, yeah, there maybe is a God, but he's not my God. And God wants it to be personal for you. And God has done really everything that it's humanly possible on his side of the wall to make it personal for you. But you have to respond. I always tell people that every relationship begins with a yes. And every relationship is sustained with a yes. When was the last time you said yes to the Lord? You said yes to receiving his love and giving his love back to him. That's something that we need to do every single day. Because you could say yes to a relationship for a long time and then start saying no, can't you? Some of you are in that right now. For years and years and years, you said yes to your marriage. But then along the way, you got hurt and you got frustrated. You got wounded and you started saying no. We need to keep saying yes. Now, the love that we are supposed to return to God, it's with the totality of who we are. Because notice it's with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then, of course, Mark's gospel adds strength in there. So you think of it, what God wants is he wants us to cultivate the art of loving God with the totality of who we are. The heart, of course, is the control center of our lives, right? It's where all decisions are made in the Bible. Your heart, you didn't say my heart, my blood-pumping organ, and a little left to center in my chest, you know what I mean, four valves you know, arteries. No, no. It means that where all your life decisions are made, with all of your soul, this speaks of your will and your emotions, right? That place where that part of you that isn't purely intellectual abides. Are you loving God? Are you living upward and cultivating a life where your will and your emotions and your passions are lined up with loving God? Of course, with all your mind, that's your thought life. The way that you think, how you think about things. You know, I think, and we'll talk about this more in this series. I think the problem with our thought life is we have so many thoughts, don't we? You know, and there's an old saying on Martin Luther, the great reformer. Now, I don't agree with everything Martin Luther said, but he said, you can't stop the birds from flying above your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. Now, I might not be able to stop them, but you you guys can. I just want to put that out there because someone's like, well, Fusco probably got a bird's nest up in those dreads. But the idea is, listen, you have all these thoughts that pass through your mind. It's one thing to have the thought and acknowledge the thought. It's another thing to let those thoughts make a nest in your head. Because what happens is when you choose to love God with all of your mind, you realize that some of your thoughts are just backwards. Some of your thoughts are just wrong. Some of your ideas that you have, and you have a lot of them, they do not line up with the heart of God. And even though you can acknowledge that you have them, you do not need to let that make a nest in your head. So when you love God with all your mind, you're saying, I am going to let the Spirit of God conform my thoughts to the Word of God. And then, of course, with all your strength, which speaks of all the resources of your body, all of the energy that you can bring to the table, Are you loving God in that way with the totality of who you are? This is the first and most important commandment. Why? Because how you love God is actually going to dictate how you live inward and how you live outward. You have to get this right. See, God places the most important emphasis on our relationship with him because he knows that if we love him, then we will live inward and outward the right way. So God wants us to live in love upward by loving him. Now, what does it mean to live inward? Of course, inward means to love yourself. Now, where do I get this from? Notice what it says in verse 39. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you know grammar at all, you realize if you were going to expand it, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Why? Because you get the verb... In place. Now, most people struggle with this, especially in the church. Why? Because when you hear you need to learn how to love yourself, which I call that you need to live inward. Most people struggle with this. Why? Because it sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? Sounds new agey almost, right? You got to love yourself like your life depended on it. You know, people spend lots of money to go to seminars by someone to teach you how to love yourself. Then, of course, you have what it says in Second Timothy about the last days, how people will be lovers of themselves. And people in church say, whoa, whoa, whoa. How can you talk about loving yourself? It says in the last days, people are going to be lovers of themselves. In the last days, the problem is that people will be lovers of themselves without loving God. So it's a self-deification. It's a self-focus. It's everything's about me. But listen, you realize that God loves you, don't you? Do you realize that? Like, I mean, Jesus came and he lived and he died and he rose again because God loves you. And if God loves you, then why shouldn't you love yourself? Because God loves you. I mean, why should we feel uncomfortable about doing what God does for us anyway? But you know what the problem is for most of us? Because we don't love God with the totality of who we are. The way we love ourselves is wrong. We love ourselves the wrong ways. Our self-love is war. Now, what's amazing is, is this, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This comes right out of the Bible, of course, Leviticus 19.18. Right? So out of all 613 commandments, Jesus gives you Deuteronomy 6.5 and now Leviticus 19.18. 613 now boiled down to two verses. But loving yourself, that's living inward. Now, you got to ask yourself, and really, you know what the problem is with self-love is that all of us can be deceived can't we sometimes we're the worst person to try and talk about how good we're doing loving ourselves but maybe we should ask the people who are closest to us because the people closest to us actually see what we don't see the people closest to us have the ability to identify and discern things that we don't see because we're living these lives for ourselves Now, what I want to tell you is this, and and obviously, I'm just giving you the flyover. We'll break it down a little bit more in the subsequent weeks. And obviously, the book's got how do we cultivate a inward lifestyle that is really holy and beautiful. But what we all need to realize is the only way to truly love yourself is to see yourself through the cross of Jesus Christ. Because if God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The only way to properly love yourself is to see yourself through the lens of the cross. That's why Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, when you love yourself based on God's love displayed in the cross, that will hem you in to see yourselves as you could be. I like to talk about it this way. If you look at the two polar ends of the spectrum on one end of the spectrum, there is complete and total arrogance, self-confidence And on the other end, there is complete and total self-hatred and self-deprecation. The cross takes these two polar ends of the spectrum and hems them both in Why? Because for somebody who is radically self-confident, arrogant, like an inflated self-love, the cross says, Jesus had to come and die for you. See, for somebody who's like, it's all about me, I'm amazing. It's like, well, no, Jesus had to come on a rescue mission for you. He had to give up his life so that you could be saved. And you see how very quickly this arrogance now gets humbled? Because you're like, oh, yeah, I'm so good that Jesus had to die for me. Maybe I'm not so good. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, there's a complete and total self-loathing, self-hatred. A hatred that is so profound that maybe somebody wants to think that they don't deserve to even be alive right now. To that person on that end of the spectrum, the cross says, you are so loved that Jesus came to rescue you. That you are of such value that God would give his only begotten son for you. And now all of a sudden, instead of feeling absolute self-hatred, you're saying, well, I am more loved than I could ever imagine because... I can't believe that God would give up his life for me. Now, those are just the ends of the spectrum. I figure for most of us, we find ourselves in different areas in the middle. And for a lot of us, unfortunately, we're kind of on a sliding scale, aren't we? We have some days where we feel so unbelievably confident in ourselves. And other days, we feel so completely dissatisfied with who we are. And in that scale, Jesus says, As you love God, you're going to love yourself in a way that is healthy. And that's what God is interested in. But again, this is something that needs to be cultivated. So we have upward living, which is we're loving God. And then we have inward living, which is we learn how to love ourselves through the finished work of Jesus. And then the last step in this is that we live outward. And outward is to love others. It's to love other people. And God is interested in us living and loving other people. Jesus said a lot of really radical things. Jesus said that we should love our enemies. I mean, think about how provocative that is. Who's your enemy today? I mean, for some of you, like, I have no enemies. Praise God for a lot of you. Like, man, I can give you a whole laundry list. I got a big list of my enemies. See, but what's amazing is is Jesus doesn't say, I want you to love other people. He's like, I'm going to love other people. I'm going to show you how to do it. And so God isn't only interested in us living upward, but that upward living now leads inward and then outward. We love our neighbors as ourselves. Now, who's your neighbor? Everyone. See, that's why Mr. Rogers, he's still the man, isn't he? He's asking, won't you be my neighbor? He knows you're already his neighbor. Now, if you don't know who Mr. Rogers is, just go look it up. For those of you who are too young for Mr. Rogers, someone's going to bring Mr. Rogers back like a redux of Mr. Rogers. Unfortunately, it won't be Mr. Rogers in the cardigan sweater and this being super uber classy. He's like a model citizen, Mr. Rogers. But everybody is your neighbor. And especially in this day and age, in the 21st century where we live, what goes on across the world? Something happens across the world and you know about it right as it's happening. Part of the gift of this generation with everyone being interconnected, the world getting smaller, although it stays at the same distance, as we realize that someone on the other end of the world is just as much as our neighbor as the person sitting next to us. And God wants you and I, not just to live outward, but to love outward. Now, here's what I got for you is this. You will never be able to love other people until you experience the love of God. You know why? Because God doesn't love you because you're lovable. God loves you because love is who he is at the essence of his nature. And the problem with living outward is that a lot of people, you're like, they don't deserve my love. Right? And then you say, because they don't deserve my love, I'm going to withhold my love. But could you imagine if God withheld his love from you until you deserved it? Could I imagine what my life would be like if God only loved me when I deserved it? You know why that's terrifying? Because how often do we really deserve the love of God? <laughs> Anybody want to roll with those odds? Anybody's like, yeah, I want to experience God's love only when I'm deserving of it. No. See, we love our spouses, not just because they deserve it. We love them because they're our spouses. And when we look at the world today, too many people feel justified not to love people because they're not deserving of it. And that's why the world we live in today is lame. No, you know what the word I wanted to use is? All you kids, cover your ears for a second. Real quick, go ahead. That's why the world we live in today sucks. I'm sorry to say that in church, but most of you are more offended I said the word sucks and you don't love your neighbor anyway. The world is so messed up in this generation because I would say, well, they don't deserve my love. But the thing is, is real love doesn't need to be deserved. It just needs to be given self-sacrificially. And that's the message of Jesus. <clears throat> Listen to what the Apostle John says. 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 and 18. It says this. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. For whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children... Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. See, my friends, listen... This God-breathed system for living, it begins with God's love for us and then we return that love to God as we live upward. And because of God's love for us and His finished work at the cross, then we love ourselves in a very healthy way and we live inward. And because of God's love for us that changes the way we see ourselves, then we move into the world and we love other people. And my friends, this is what God wants for us. But even as I lay this out to you and we're going to unpack this, what you're going to learn is that each direction of loving and living needs to be cultivated. It's not something that just happens. Every single day, the spirit of God invites us into an opportunity to learn how to live upward, inward and outward in a more substantial way. And I believe that everything that you and I go through every single day is actually designed by God to be an opportunity to transform our lives. If we're willing to say, Lord, teach me. Lord, show me. Lord, reveal to me what you have for me. And my friends, listen, I know that there's some of you right now, when you even think about these three directions, for some of us, you feel really strong in one direction and really inadequate in other directions. What I will tell you is God doesn't want us just to focus on one. See, in a lot of ways, I think the problem with church is that church can be really good at pointing you upward, but does a lousy job of helping you understand how to live and love inward and how to live and love outward. Sometimes in the name of living upward, churches teach you to hate outward. And I believe that what God wants to do is he wants to bring all of us, not just some of us, not just those of you who are brand new to Crossroads today, but he wants to bring all of us, no matter how long we've been on this faith journey, and he's saying, will you let me teach you how to live upward, inward, and outward in fresh ways?
0: Jesus is- Today, Pastor Daniel showed us the many different types of love, and what it means to love in the way that Jesus told us. In order to love like Jesus does, we need to embrace a self-sacrificing kind of love. In this world, it's easy to love for what we get, instead of for the other person. This leads to unfulfilling and broken relationships, but if we shift our focus to giving others the love of God, everything changes. Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the
1: Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor
0: Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page, JesusIsRealRadio.com. join us again here on Jesus is real radio when Pastor Daniel will share the key to an extraordinary life you put a lot of effort into a good life but is it extraordinary turns out the secret ingredient is love we have access to the most extraordinary love in the world the love of God as followers of Jesus we need to make sure love is the centerpiece of the ethics by which we live Pastor Daniel will show us how We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series Upward, Inward, Outward. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.